0: Welcome to episode 51 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. On this week's episode, we talk with former Eastern Illinois women's swimmer Nellie Rose Farella. Nellie Rose talks about her time as a swimmer here at EIU and how that helps set a foundation for many things she has since done in her professional life, including writing a recently published children's book called "Nella's Kindness Kicks. We are now in season two of EIU Panthers podcast, And if you want to hear any of our previous episodes or get future broadcasts, simply follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Simply search EIU Panthers Podcasts. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of EIU Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit consolidated.com today. The regular season for many Eastern Illinois sports teams is just around the corner. Stay up to date all season long with what's happening in EIU athletics by visiting eiupanthers.com, the official athletics website of Eastern Illinois Athletics. You can also follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. The EIU men's and women's soccer teams will both host exhibition matches at Lakeside Field this Sunday. At the regular season opener for women's soccer next Thursday, August 19th, at Lakeside Field against Indiana State. Football season is also around the corner, and season and single game tickets are now on sale. They can be purchased by clicking the online tickets button at eiupanthers.com. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers Podcast as we talk with Nellie Rose Farella about her new book, her time in the pool, and much more. <laughs> And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. We are joined today by a former Eastern Illinois swimmer turned author and we'll, we'll, we'll ask her about that word here, Nellie Rose Nelly Nellie Rose, I should say. Thank you for joining us here on the program today.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited and so grateful.
0: Now, I asked you about that and I almost caught myself and before we, before we started, I, I told you I was going to ask you about that. Nelly Rose is your your first full official name. It, it may be a little odd and I asked that because I, I went back to some of the media guys when you were an athlete here on the swim team and I saw it as Nellie Rose and then I saw it as Nellie a space and then Rose <laughs> and I've, I've, I've lived a few years in the south before and I know sometimes down there a first and a middle name are considered one name but and they are separated but yours is is one name and I guess, is that, do you get a lot of questions about that? Does that end up being like a conversation starter for you
1: at dinner parties? Everywhere, everywhere (laughs) I go to this day, where it'll be, I'll be in Target, anywhere I go. And the older I've gotten, I've appreciated my name even more. It's actually both my grandmother's names. Okay. So Nellie was my father's mother and then Rose was my mother's grandmother or mother. So I was the first grandchild. um, So it, it was definitely... uh, my mother made sure she was like okay if we're going to name you after the grandmothers because she had a different name for me she wanted me to be heather and then the (laughs) italian side was very very dominant and said you have to name the first child first grandchild after the grandmothers so she goes you always include that rose in there (laughs) (laughs) because that was her mother but grandma rose i never met um she passed very early um but grandma nelly Um, has passed, but I feel like her spirit's definitely still with me, so it's a very high honor. That made it a
0: lot easier for you. And you said the name would have been Heather, there probably would have been nine or ten heathers, and it would have, (laughs) as a teacher going through middle school, every time they first grade were like, Well, Heather, and you would be like, Okay, which Heather exactly? If they they said Nellie Rose, you knew which one they were talking about, exactly. But it
1: took it was, it was some a name that was very difficult growing up with, because you were so different and you had, yeah. you know, everyone thought it was Melly or Natalie or Molly. And so in college, sometimes <laughs> I would just be like, you know what, we're just going to shorten it. Or, you know, we're just going to um, use Forella and the greatest part of swimmer, swim, swimmers or athletes, you typically go by your last name too. So it was, it was definitely a Forella. I got for a lot too, but I love my name now. <laughs>
0: Now you talk about swimmers there, and and I told you we would talk about this a little bit. You came here to Eastern to swim. Um, you swam for for Coach Ray Patten. We'll talk about him during during our conversation today. But I asked this a lot of our guests. Kind of, how did you get into swimming? Were you were your parents big swimmers? Brothers and sisters, kind of big swimmers. Kind of, what pushed you in into the sport?
1: Yeah. It's actually kind of funny. We have my mother to think she was a diver and a swimmer when she was young. Okay. She, she was good. Um, my dad, we joke, he had n- no athletic ability. Apparently, <laughs> He's just a very strong man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my mother always says it's all because of her, but, um, yeah, it, it's funny as a little girl, I wanted to be a dancer and I would keep the phone number and everything by my mom's, um, to do list for the day or whatever. And she, She was just like, I think you girls should give swimming a shot. So my sister, um, both my sisters and my brother, we all swam at one time, but my, I started with my, um, younger sister. I was eight, I think I was nine and she was seven. And then the younger one, followed suit as well. And then my brother just looked at us and he was, he had been to so many swim meets. He was like, absolutely not. This is not yeah. happening. <laughs> and he probably could have been the an Olympic athlete for sure. So, um, but he, the poor kid had been to so many swim meets all weekend long. So that's how we really get, got into it. And we just, I don't know, my sister and I just, we kind of fell in love with being, I think we're so close in age too, that you we just kind of were like, should we keep trying it? I mean, we were the kids, no caps, no goggles. Like we just kind of dove in or we did. we maybe, I shouldn't say that. My mother did give us that, Um, but we kind of were, you know, the, the two little girls that didn't really know what they were doing. And then all of a sudden we were kind of good at it and we started loving just the practice and the camaraderie of the teammates within the lanes. And then all of a sudden year after year, after year, if you really want to be good, it was, you were told. You know you should be year-round summers and then all of a sudden you're looking at colleges and swim through college as well so um, it was nine to I think it was nine and then through college um, that's how it began nine years mm-hmm. old I think
0: so you, you mentioned that swimming does become a, a year-round activity you, you swim for a club during the summer you swim for your high school during the year you swim a lot of times I think depending on I think in Illinois the season for the for the girls and it may have may have changed since you were there but I but I may not. Usually I probably swam in the fall for your high school season then had a winter a winter club season and then you might have got a couple weeks off in <laughs> in the spring if you were lucky and then jumped right back into the to the summer club season. Mm-hmm. which of those, if you kind of know maybe gave you the inspiration or the, the thought that you know, hey, I think I can do this at at the college level and then when you started looking at the college level, what maybe intrigued you or enticed you about Eastern
1: Illinois? So I had been looking at multiple schools. It was kind of just, you know, back then it was like, you, you go to high school, you go to college, you, you know, you, you, you swam, see if you can get a scholarship, you know, and I was the oldest of four. Um, and I had looked like my mom and dad and I, we had, we didn't really know what we were doing. We were, I was the yeah. first born. I seriously didn't know what we were doing. So I did look, um, I remember looking at U of I. I remember looking at Miami of Ohio. I remember looking at University of Kansas because my aunt ran track there, um, who's a Rosie as well. Um, but Eastern actually came to be because of a my a dear dear friend who swam there as well. She would had decided her name is Tracy Drucker now she's Tracy Carter. Um, I had been dear friends with her, um, and she was kind of like this little sweet angel that said, you know, why don't you just take a look at Eastern? And I was like, I didn't even think about Eastern. And I went on a trip with her and I'll never forget meeting Ray. And it was over. It was like, this is it. This is, it was, um, so really I have her to thank for, we were both interested in teaching. So Eastern absolutely was like, not only the perfect distance, it was far enough, but not too far. You know, you could still be a college kid away from home, yep. but I was definitely the oldest. So I wanted to be close to home. I wasn't somebody that I don't think I could have handled going out of state at, the, at that age. I was very, very naive. Um, <laughs> very. Um, and then it was a teaching program and it was so reasonable compared to all the other schools. I just couldn't fathom If I hadn't gotten some type of scholarship, which I was told very easily at other schools, you would be a walk-on, University of Kansas, I would be a walk-on, University of Illinois, I would be, you know, they'd pay for books. You know, you all of a sudden start seeing your options. And all of a sudden, I mean, I met Ray and the beauty of the campus, everybody, I remember we went around and walked around and everyone said hi. And I was like, this is, it's almost like I'm not in Kansas anymore. Like, this is very different. Like, I'm not used to everyone saying hi. Um, There was a, there was a sweetness to it, a quaint world to it. And I thought, and then truly Ray, I mean, a little bit about what we chatted before, Ray in the most minimal words possible, right? If we all know Ray (laughs) gave me a look and a, um, an energy that he truly just saw me. He saw me. I had been, you know, our, sw- our family was living and breathing swimming due to how good, um, my sisters were, especially my one sister. Um, she was at an, at a very different level than I was. I was a good swimmer. I knew I was a decent swimmer, but I would never be at these other levels. I knew that as a young kid and Ray just saw me and was, he made me feel um, like I was a really good swimmer and I could be a, a I could be kind of like a, a bigger fish in a littler pool than going to a big, big pond per se or pool and and being like kind of just another little fish. I got to kind of be, I was seen instantly by him and I was so grateful because I thought I didn't have a lot of confidence. I didn't have any confidence, yeah. I, you know, and especially where you are in a very competitive world, you kind of know where you are, you know, you know, you know, your level. So I thought, you know, the quaintness of it, the beauty of, he, he was known, he shared with me instantly, this program, you will be the first priority is yourself and your parents and your family, or your family, I should say yourself and your family, second are your academics, and third is swimming. So he made it very known that you were to be a good family member, a good friend, a good academic, and then swimming was not going to overpower any of those. And I really thought he almost became like an uncle at that point, because he, to all of us, um, and almost the father we had away from home, because he was so respectful, so kind, so professional. And I've dealt with uh, where that isn't always the case over the years where, you know, you didn't feel, especially being a female and having um, a man as your coach. um, He just was the epitome of like class and a family man. And that was like, I felt very safe at Eastern. I knew he would have, we would have Girl, you know, I loved that it was co-ed. I wanted to be around um, a co-ed team. I wanted to be have, like, brothers and sisters. (laughs) So I most definitely um, received all of that. And I probably have to say, out of all the decisions I've made in my life, following Tracy's lead and saying, give it a shot and see what Eastern is all about, is one of the best things I've ever, ever done.
0: And probably unique at Eastern is that Ray in himself at that time would have still been an institution then he still probably coached for another 10 to 12 years after after you were a swimmer there so he had swam for the, your friend Tracy so she was able to probably give you some insight if you were about the program and about Ray and so I, Actually, I don't know if you... she
1: was my age we were coming in at the oh, same okay. time okay. so sorry I didn't clarify that okay. she sorry was that. she had made her she had made her decision it okay. sounded like I shared that earlier. no I'm sorry um she had made her decision. And I was kind of like this because I was the oldest, I didn't know what I was doing. She had an older brother. They kind of knew her mom was Mrs. Drucker was just kind of everybody's mama too. She was kind of directing the the rest of the girls, like, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was one of those things. So Tracy had, I think she had already signed or committed and then said, you know, now I'm going to Eastern. And then it became where she was darling and helped me literally she was the one that drove me back and forth every single time to home and there. And we used Tracy's car and we lived together all, all the years. Um, and she's, so you become, you get sisters from it for life, no matter what happens, um, in this crazy world, you do get sisters for life. Like Amanda providing me this opportunity. I mean, the beauty of her thinking that my little children's book is something to be spoken of when, She's a hall of famer and was a rock star and just, she was the epitome of sweetness. And I would just say strength, like she was a force to reckon with. And I, and I have to say, like when we were talking about it before freshman and sophomore year, I felt really solid. And then junior and senior year, I really had just to be completely honest, I had it with getting in the pool. I was just tired of the pool rail. Never forget used to scream my name because I was always so cold in the basement. We would, I would just go and I'd be like, "I'll be up in a little bit," and I would just like take a break during sets. I became like that girl that was like, "Ah, "I don't want to get in the pool" (laughs) because I've been doing it for so many years. But he still saw that I, I didn't want to give it up, and I did give it up junior year. And he knew I wouldn't follow through with it, and I came back and swam very slowly but I saw him from my <laughs> senior year as well <laughs> because he knew the impact that it would it would it had on me as being a family member
0: yep. now you talk about the the sisterhood and you you, you kind of mentioned here a second ago uh, Amanda it would have been door when you would have swam with her but boss she married Matt boss who was also a, a teammate of yours you talk about the, the co-ed experience there Amanda. Um, was a coworker here with me at Eastern and we've had her on as a guess guest on the podcast, but you talked about, that was one of those things as Ray was kind of building a, a program. You saw some of the young swimmers, Amanda's a, a couple, two, three years behind you that you saw her class coming on and you kind of saw a hunger as they were trying to build that. How does that, how did that kind of maybe motivate you then to want to be a leader for that group?
1: So that's so interesting. That's such a good question. Um, specifically, Amanda and Nancy Ori. Um, man, that's her main or married name. I'm blanking on her maiden <laughs> name or married name maiden name now. But those two were the youngins that started coming in. And I knew things were changing at that point. It was like, and I was kind of fading with my career, I would say mentally, even just because I had been in, in so many, so many years. And when your family's so immersed in swimming, you really talk about swimming all the time. And, you know, because it's a year round program and we were all in college then, and we were swimming and we were all traveling, um, So I think I started to see myself, my, my freshman and sophomore year, I, I got to have that little bit of glory that I never really had in my swim career. Like I, I think they interviewed me for, I don't even remember. That's how bad I am. I think they interviewed me for newspaper, you know, I'm in a newspaper article here and there, and I'm the newbie. Um, and to be honest, that was a very, very fulfilling thing for me kind of having, um, been an adequate swimmer for many years but not being like the super super superstar right so my freshman and sophomore year it was kind of like beyond the highlight i was i i I was i was good i was a good solid swimmer i was you know our, our our relays were awesome um and then all of a sudden it was my junior year i started to feel I was like, Oh, we got that youth on our butt. Like they, they are creeping. Like as we're swimming, they're just going to take us and they're just going to roll us back. And I, at that point in time, I actually was almost like, like take it girls, like take it. I'm i am at an age where I found myself better. Well, first of all, I wasn't performing as well as I used to be just point blank. I think I was just burnt out. I, w- I would not think I know I was burnt out and they had you know, if these girls came in and were like powerhouses and attitude, it probably wouldn't have been very easy for me, but they came in and they're the ones that are cheering you on harder than they can even, you know, possibly they're screaming at the top of their lungs because they, they just, it wasn't about ego. It was about being a teammate so they saw it and which was really a beautiful thing if those were those word girls were to come in I always knew youth is always going to be better always youth is going to you know some we've always been told when we were younger you know and I think it's a smart I mean there's always going to be someone faster prettier cooler um, more educated whatever the case is and I saw it as like passing the baton. And it was, I was like, I got to be kind of a superstar for a little while. And now how cool is this, that these girls are coming in and killing it. And I just, my part of it, then I think I got to be co-captain my senior year. And that was such a beautiful thing because that was something where I could be kind of like a mama bear. And it's kind of funny my career has almost been like that now where I'm doing instructional coaching and performance-based coaching and training and things like that. So I wonder if that had quite a bit to do with it now that we're speaking about it in terms of the progression of the sport, the progression of, I did it for what, how many years is that from nine years old to 21 or 22? It it was, it was, it kind of a beautiful way to be taken out per se, to be totally real. It was like the young ones are here and they're going to rock and roll. And they're in the, I love that they chose Eastern. I love that Ray would be their coach. And I loved that. It, It was just a really cool dynamic. I think it was almost like a shift. I know the girls, when I came in, the older girls welcomed me with open arms. So it was just like what you did at Eastern. There was nothing but goodness and trying to kick each other's butt in practice for sure because we were all competitive right but when it came down to it I mean we were racing against each other but no matter what it was it was the foundation of the foundation of the culture of what Ray Padovan created is family and I have these girls for life even the fact I mean I haven't I didn't talk to Amanda in 15 years and she she decides to connect with me randomly. And the beauty of it is what she shared in her podcast as well is it's truly like nothing was missed. And I actually don't really remember like the end of your career. It kind for me it got a little foggy because I was like, I gotta go out in the new world or the real world. I got (laughs) to start paying my own insurance. I don't like I'm done with swimming. So it was I was glad to know that I still was kind and helpful. That made me feel very good because college is kind of like a whirlwind at the end of the yep. day for some people. And for me, it was, it was like swimming and academics. And then all of a sudden, okay, wait, you are going to graduate and you need a job. And then, you know, so boom, boom, boom. Um, it was, it was good to know that she had beautiful memories as well, because, um, yeah, it's, it's a true family. We, we, we work together and we swam together and we were never the kids that got to go on spring breaks because we were at a meet, but we had more fun together and more giggles and those van rides and they're legendary to say the least.
0: <laughs> well, we want to get to kind of one of the reasons that, that we have you on here. We always enjoy hearing, you know, reminiscing stories from, from people, their experiences here as athletes at Eastern. But what intrigued me when we talked to to Amanda, she mentioned that one, she had reconnected with you, but that you were a budding author, and the book is Nella's Kindness Kicks, and I, I'm thinking I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give you the shameless plug here. You can tell people about it. You can even tell them where they can buy it. I know online, <laughs> I think it's $12.99 I saw, which is yeah. a deal for that. Um, Did your homework. But but I'll, But I guess, first of all, I'll tell a little bit about people where they can, what it's about, where they can get it, and then we'll kind of maybe get to some of the inspiration behind why you want to wrote, why you ended up writing the book.
1: Um, well, thank you for that. I didn't even think we would be able to do a, a shameless plug. Um, <laughs> so it's can be found at hearmywhy.com. So there are more children's books to come is the goal. This is my first. Um, hearmywhy.com has a lot to do really where it originated. So um, if they go to the site, they can see it on Facebook. Um, the handle is here, my why children's stories. So, um, I think the, the title of how I did a lot of work with an incredible, um, consulting firm, um, that my dear friend, um, created a company it's organiz- organizational, um, de- specialist development for small businesses. And she took me under her wing and said, you know, we want to do this, um, like, pre-program and do a pilot, would you be willing to do part of the pilot? And it was a 12 week course where I really got to learn how to market or how to create a brand name and do all that. So here, my why came from those 12 weeks, um, through reverie, which is an incredible (laughs) uh, company, but, um, but my girlfriend, my girlfriend, Lindsay Miller. um, but with that, um, really I'd have to say I had the idea back in, so I had taught, I taught fifth through eighth grade math and Spanish from 2000 to 2008. I started diving into, I I became a math differentiation coach for 16 classrooms, my last year of teaching. And then um, I left the classroom for, or I left the schools for a little while and did work with um, my dear friend who's, um, who runs a pediatric cancer foundation in Illinois. And I worked there for a few years and then I moved out to Colorado. It was a Um, I had gone through a divorce earlier on and when I was 28 or so, at the time I was 33, had always been wanting to go to Colorado and I started my journey and went out there and found my love for instructional coaching, I was not a teacher, I was an admin, which I knew I didn't want to be really either at that time I wanted to be able to help more teachers but I didn't want admin their angels, what they deal with on a daily basis. I knew I wanted to be connected with the kids, but also with teachers and be a coach for them because teachers don't get a lot of support. And especially back when I taught, you saw your principal once or twice a year, and it was like, see you later. So that really started my love for it. And then that being said, with every single person in the book, it's based on somebody I actually know. Okay. And so the main character, even though it's Nella, which is my nickname, um, and there's reasons for every every name. There's reasons for the colors. There's um, symbolism throughout the book. But um, my work in Colorado and and over the years, really, from being a, a teacher and then an instructional coach, it there was an idea when I met Miss J, who's really who I would say her name is Juanice Cornell. She was the dean of students when I worked in. Um, Aurora, Colorado at High Point Academy. And I was the instructional coach for K through eight. And I would have to say that the idea really came there because of the interactions. We had a five woman, five women really running the school from principal, assistant principals, instructional coach, and Dean. And it was really like a dream team. It, I was there one year And I would say the book wouldn't be what it is if I wasn't there because of the people and the camaraderie that I had there. So, um, yeah, so the kindness kicks was just, you know, um, uh, the work I was doing in Colorado was very restorative practice based. And I was I'm almost like infatuated with learning about it and doing it. And what that is, in essence, is not being punitive in your practices. It's not just a detention. It's what happened and really talking through with students and letting them learn how to talk and restore situations that come to be. And I was seeing our world, just the kindness all through the election, everything that was compiling, I I had had the idea in 2017, but really the pandemic made me finish the book and then made it come to life because I was Mm -hmm. so determined at that time for kindness to be projected out into the world a bit more.
0: So it sounds like a little bit, and I'm, I really want people to figure out a way where they can they can purchase this or get it, and not just give away the whole the whole story on the <laughs> podcast if people are listening to it. But it, it sounds a little bit like it is it is for children. I'm sure that adults can can read it as well. But it, it sounds the way you're summarizing here is it's kind of a kids version of here's some conflict resolution in situations that you would be in. Every day and how the world has kind of changed from when, you know, people that are now adults with these kids, how it's probably changed from when they would have dealt with it.
1: I mean, really, thank you for hearing that. It's really about, you can't say sorry over 100 times without some changed behavior. And we have to have respect for all. I wanted to see as many, I wanted as many children to see themselves within those books. so it's diverse. um, It's inclusive. It's really just kids learning how to be able to interact with all the emotions that we have as human beings. And it's funny, the majority of the people that have purchased the book have every single review has been, this has been great for my children as well as us adults in the house. And I, I really loved that because You know, older kids, it's really for two to six years old, I would say maybe seven years old, but it's fun to know stories of the older siblings are reading it to the younger ones and great dialogue is happening. So, um, yeah, I wanted kindness and acceptance for us to understand each other more. We'll have more acceptance of each other and how to do that. My biggest thing is you can tell children, you can tell adults even, okay, I want you to, you know, I want you to think about what you did. A child really needs to know how to think about what they did how do they do that so that was my big let's show how children can restore these these instances where they're just being human they're getting frustrated or they're being unkind and it happens um so it's a and the little twist on it is that if they aren't being kind their sticks their kicks get stuck to the ground so they have to learn how to unstick their kicks and okay. kicks really Kicks wasn't used, but kicks was used in the school world. You know, they'd be like, hey, Ferella, you got some nice kicks on. And I was like, yeah. well, I can't use the word kicks, but you are cool enough because you're in eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's where kicks came from, too. Just a twist on it.
0: And if people look at it online, they'll see exactly what you're talking about. You described yes. it there. And in fact, I think the, the artwork and you had a, an illustrator that did that for you is I think it has some shoes stuck to the ground with, with some gum, which kind of illustrates what your, your premise premises there behind the book.
1: Yes, and Corinne Mark- Mark- Markasian, who I found online and she is based out of Boston, but she's in Armenia right now where she lives. Um, really, I had such a clear picture for every single detail. And my favorite details are the ones she added because she fell in, for me, she was committed. I fell for her because she understood what I was trying to accomplish. And she would actually work with me and say, no, you told me from the beginning, this is what you wanted. Let me do my job. And she was a rock star. And if it wasn't for her, I don't think it would be as successful as it is because you need somebody to bring it to life.
0: Yeah. That's interesting you say that. I was, I was, I'm, I'm always curious about that. You, my, my child is not where he's reading those books anymore, but many years ago he he was in that and you would read it and you're, I'm always curious, an illustrator and the author are never the same person, and I've always assumed that the story is written first and then the illustration is drawn to fix that. But it sounds like what you're saying is that you had some visions, but your illustrator was able to really collaborate and maybe you gave them some freedoms that you weren't maybe even
1: surprised by when you saw the final product. It was such an incredible process having no idea how to write a book, having no idea how to, I mean, I literally was like, it, it, it kind of, I, I drove out to Colorado without a job. I mean, I, I, I'm very detail oriented and, and I always thought I was very, um, strategic in, in my life moves. But then when you get in your thirties and you're like, okay, so life is completely not gone the way I thought it was going to be, (laughs) let's go to Colorado. (laughs) So I picked up, drove to Colorado without a job and look at five years later, what it gave me. So my gut feeling has always given me some great uh, feedback, but that being said, finding the illustrator was an incredible process. Like you, you have to connect with that person and that person has to buy into what you're trying to do because it's a true partnership. It's almost like a marriage, I would say, because She actually wrote in the contract and she said, we will revise until the client is happy. Like that even is incredible. Right. But she's the one for putting the heart on Nella's shirt. I didn't, I didn't ask her to do that. I had, I had, I had details, like I'm, I'm a teacher, so you can imagine the details (laughs) I had, right. And an instructional coach. And she would say, okay, I'm coming. Let's talk about this. I think we need to change this. And I was like, "Oh my gosh." Like she gave it gave me a an end product that I was so proud of when I saw the first sketches and I'll assure them they're actually on Facebook and Instagram. The initial sketches you're like, "Oh my god. It's like she's in my head. She knows what I want." So, it's actually a beautiful partnership. You have to find an illustrator that is able to have a true partnership and one that truly gets you and your idea, because it won't work otherwise, in my opinion. And I got very lucky after a lot of, lot of research to find Corinne.
0: Now, book number one is in, in the books, so to say, Ellen's <laughs> Kindness Kicks. Is this lead you to, now that you've gone through this process, do you feel there's a, another book? Is this the start of a series or are there, Different directions you want to go with new characters or even continue your, your key characters that you developed in this book?
1: Such a good question. Um, contemplated all of them. You
0: may not know any of that. I may have just, yeah, no. Guard,
1: so it's funny as, as I started writing Nella's Kindness Kicks, it was like three other books kind of got written in the process. So I have like these three, like not great, book. like I would have to put a lot of time and effort into them but it's funny. I'm kind of, I kind of have like some end of year goals and I want to see where I am at the end of the year. I definitely have a book in my brain as to what will be the next one. And it's going to be primarily, well, the theme will be restorative practices and showing children actually how to have a restorative conversation. So that's the goal. I know that it's so funny. It's if I didn't have the students and the staff and the beauty of all the crazy experiences of teaching and what a teacher hears in a day and experiences in a day and what admin does, like I already know the book because I already experienced the the situation. Yeah. So the book is there, um, but I'm trying to develop. And, and even this, this experience with you is an incredible one to talk about it and to just be you know, to have the experience with that um, and back to the consulting I received from my dear friend, you start learning your goals and you actually learn a little bit. I had to be like, okay, do I start writing the next one already? But, you know, you got to kind of like ride the flow a little bit and, and kind of allow yourself because it's so funny. What I would have written three, four months ago is completely different to what I would write today. So I'm kind of letting that, the, the end product was so, um, I mean, you get to, you get to a point where you've reviewed it so many times and you've had people review it so many times. You're like, just print it (laughs) because you're like, I can't look at it anymore because you, you don't want, you know, you, you have it go to print and you're like, if there's one error, do you know? how that's going to help. It's just going to destroy me, right? If there's one period out of place. (laughs) But um, it's interesting. I would have to say like in conclusion with my experience with the book, Eastern Colorado and the book process, the communities were all the same. So it's incredible. The family feel of Eastern. I drove out to Colorado knowing no one but someone that I could lean on an old swim coach and his beautiful wife and children. They lived a little bit of ways and they were like, well, if you completely fall on your button fail, we're here for you in some manner. But that was a family. I instantly had friends and family that were so conscious about life. Colorado is a very Colorado or um, conscious world. It's a very money is not the focus Um, being from Chicago. I feel like money is definitely a big focus yeah. and for me being a girl that at the end of the day wears ponytail and boots or flip-flops as the happiest girl around can handle a pair of heel, heels somewhat um but at the end of the day that colorado experience i was almost brought around people that just thought like me and so it's really a continuation of that when you're in the book world now when you know absolutely nothing you act i have friends in canada now and all through um This world, they only want to help you. Colorado only wanted to help you. Like, I had a woman that literally offered me her home and said, Do what you got to do. Somebody did it for me when I moved to Colorado. And Eastern was the same. So, it's really those three areas of my life have been family oriented, where it's almost like everyone's just supporting you. And you're kind of like, Okay, let's see, I'm going to give it a shot, you know?
0: Very good. Well, it was great to meet you here virtually. Nellie, Rose, and appreciate you joining us here. Congratulations on the first book and wish you very, very continued success in, in your career as an author.
1: Thank you, Rich. It's been so great to meet you. Um, thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to speak with me and I look forward to speaking with you soon too.